0: Well, hey-dee-ho, good people. Welcome to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. We're into here <clears throat> on today's show. We've got Christian Rivera uh, talking about punk rock mindset, uh, Myers Briggs, all kinds of uh, interesting, interesting things about the brain. Uh, and I like the brain. Uh, the intro song there was uh, "Hate the Police" by uh, by Mud Honey. Uh, Mud Honey was, uh, I think, honestly one of the more overlooked uh, grunge bands out of Seattle. They're still around, still making some stuff. Um, yeah, got kind of tired of their music after a while, but uh, their first few albums are just fan-fucking-tastic as far as grunge goes. Um, that was, uh, like I said, Hate the Police, which is actually a cover of a, a song by the Dicks. Um, if you don't know who the Dicks are, they're kind of original punk uh, in a lot of ways, um, or kind of cow-punk in some ways. Uh, Interesting band. Uh, Weird things go on with them and on with the Dicks. Um, Anyway, today, like I said, we've got Christian Rivera. Uh, We're going to talk and chat about C-Note and what C-Note does and what C-Note means. Uh, And a little bit more about punk rock. Um, Really excited to get Christian on because I know that he's he's a little bit younger than I am, but uh, just as steeped in the punk rock mythos and ethos and... um, history as I am so interesting stuff and a lot of fun Uh, really had a good time recording Christian anyway uh, up next here I've got a little clip from uh, one of my greatest mentors um, uh, George Carlin Uh, been uh, Ashley Sanders if you guys don't know Ashley Sanders has made a bit of fun of me uh, for being George Carlin on meth which I don't know if I should take that personally or take that as a compliment uh, probably both but anyway here's a here's a short clip on George or short clip on George no a short clip of George Carlin discussing advertising Um, and that's something that uh, C-Note and I get into on the other side so uh, check out this little ditty by George Carlin and I will see you on the other side with Christian Rivera.
1: Now a lot of these Company names and product names are influenced by marketing and advertising people. This next thing is about advertising. And by the way, if you should have any cognitive dissonance about the fact that I do commercials for 1010220 and still attack advertising up here, well, you're just going to have to figure that shit out on your own, okay? (laughs) This is called advertising lullaby. Keeping in mind, of course, that the whole purpose of advertising is to lull you to sleep. Quality, value, style, service, selection, convenience, economy, savings, performance, experience, hospitality, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation. Free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, and free parking. No cash, no problem, no kidding. No fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden charges, no purchase necessary, no one will call on you. No payments or interest till September. What? limited time only though so act now order today send no money offer good while supplies last two to a customer each item sold separately batteries not included mileage may vary all sales are final allow six weeks for delivery some items not available some assembly required some restrictions may apply so come on in come on in Come on in for a free demonstration and a free consultation with our friendly professional staff. Our experienced and knowledgeable sales representatives will help you make a selection that's just right for you and just right for your budget. And say, don't forget to pick up your free gift, a classic, deluxe, custom, designer, luxury, prestige, high-quality, premium, select, gourmet pocket pencil sharpener. (laughs) Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. And if you act now, we'll include an extra added free complimentary bonus gift, a classic deluxe custom designer, luxury, prestige, high quality premium select gourmet combination key ring, magnifying glass, and garden hose (laughs) in a genuine imitation leather style carrying case with authentic vinyl trim. Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. It's our way of saying thank you. Actually, it's our way of saying, bend over just a little bit farther so we can stick this big advertising dick up your ass a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. deeper. You miserable, no good fucking consumer asshole. But you do know, folks, living in this country, you're bound to know that every time you're exposed to advertising, you realize once again that America's leading industry, America's most profitable business, is still the manufacture, packaging, distribution, and marketing of bullshit. High quality, grade A, prime cut, pure American bullshit. And the sad part is, is that most people seem to have been indoctrinated to believe that bullshit only comes from certain places, certain sources. Advertising, politics, salesmen, not true. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Parents are full of shit, teachers are full of shit, clergymen are full of shit, and law enforcement people are full of shit. This entire country... This entire country is completely full of shit and always has been, from the Declaration of Independence to the Constitution to the Star-Spangled Banner, it's still nothing more than one big steaming pile of red, white, and blue all-American bullshit.
0: All right, folks, that was George Carlin. Um, I apologize for any discomfort he may have caused with his terribly vulgar language and insinuating that we're all being fucked by advertising and marketers. Um... Yeah, I kind of agree with that one. I kind of agree with that one. It's just so much shit. Marketing is, um, you know, you're playing on people's basest emotions a lot of times, and it, it gets tiresome. I know that we all get kind of bombarded with it and beat over the head with it and um, probably at some point getting kind of sick of it, but um, that's what marketing is, you know, and I know this and I understand this and I buy into it. I mean, that's my job. That's uh, that's a lot of our jobs, a lot of people listening to this. Um, yeah, but it doesn't have to all be that. It doesn't all have to be bad and awful and ugly and mean. Um, but boy, sometimes it sure seems like it is. So anyway, on to Christian Rivera. Uh, Christian Rivera, uh, also known as C-Note, um, has been a guy that honestly, uh, when I first started kind of showing up on Facebook and um, and interacting in certain groups, he was one of the first people that I was kind of uh, drawn to. We were drawn together. Um, I'm not mistaken, we ran into each other in the Getting Clients Without Being salesy group um, and just kind of struck it up and, uh, and started chatting. And a uh, really neat guy. We've had some uh, really interesting conversations. I was one of his earlier podcast guests. Um, and uh, really, honestly, Christian is uh, a guy that's pretty responsible for me even thinking about doing a podcast because uh, he's held my hand through a few things and um, given me some tips and t- pointers and tricks and stuff um... that has really helped me get uh... get my head on straight as far as podcasting goes uh... and frankly just get out there and do it but uh, christian's a great guy he's also a designer and marketer like i am uh, but we really believe in uh... in community over competition um, i make his work better he makes my work better uh, we hold each other's feet to the fire and um... you yeah, we just do good stuff and, uh, and we get to hang out and shoot the shit and bust each other's balls but um, here comes Christian. He is—he's uh, a really neat guy. Go check out his stuff and um, listen to this. All right, folks. Welcome to the question and answer portion with uh, with C Note, uh, Christian Rivera. Yay! Uh, yay! Yay! yay C Note. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. uh,
0: just prior to this, I usually explain where I met this person at, so uh, people know where I met you at, but. Um, tell us a little bit about C Note. tell us a little bit about what Christian does and, um, and what you get up to.
2: Yeah, so my name is C Note or Christian Rivera. I've got that nickname from when I was 19 years old. My friend uh, gave me that nickname because I make a lot of music. Uh, these days I've been making a lot more uh, instrumental punk rock music. But what I do as my main thing is I'm a multimedia designer that encompasses a lot of stuff. Um, And these days, it transitions into essentially content creation. That's what I do in the kind of overarching umbrella sense. Um, And uh, I've been doing multimedia design of all sorts since I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Started with uh, doing stuff for fun as Dragon Ball Z stuff, like making websites and things. And then uh, my dad had his own advertising business, so I got in pretty quickly to making flyers for local businesses and doing all sorts of stuff that um, gave me the opportunity to kind of get my feet wet and just play around and, um, and and try stuff out. So how that all translates to today is I do the multimedia design stuff, but I also do Myers-Briggs coaching, uh, per- personality development stuff, and um, I also do courses for that stuff as well as uh, media courses. And I have a podcast called Dopamine where I talk all about mental health and mindset, um, mostly mental health because I've been dealing with cyclothymia since I was about 10 years old. So it's a very real part of the entrepreneurial journey as it were. And it's kind of a, a lonely endeavor, Endeavor, but it's extra hard when you're kind of dealing with mental health issues. So I talk about all that stuff. Cool. Well, and I think,
0: it, I really appreciate what you do, and I've said it before. Um, you know, I think that a lot more people out there deal with mental health issues um, than we want to admit. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's Maybe it's endemic in our society, but I think that there, there's just a lot of people out there that are broken um, and need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes just not even knowing that you need help, you just feel, oh, well, this is who I am, just what I do and, and how I go about things.
2: Right. And, and one of the challenges of talking about it is like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a person that has it. And I've been a person that's been trying to make a business happen and trying to work with clients and being an introvert and like dealing with a lot of different adversities and kind of helping people use their own adversity as their strength, essentially. So it becomes a real challenge, but I'm really just trying to to show through who I am because like pretending to be an expert in this is like, it's not going to help my bottom line because, you know, this world is like, this 2018 world is all about transparency, and if I was here trying to be like I'm a I'm a licensed therapist, nope, that <laughs> I'm going to get called out for it. Yeah, well, I mean, it,
0: I appreciate that though. You know, yeah. I, I think that you know I've dealt with uh, in in my job or or in my career uh, lots of therapists, lots of um, psychologists and and medical folks, um, and they're people like everybody else. You know, they, they suffer through the same things. They just have a a certain, uh, you know, a certain book learning on, um, you know, the particular malady that they, they address. Um, But they're, you know, they're no less susceptible to having the same problems as the rest of us. And I think life coaches are that way too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I know that there's uh, actually in the past several days, there's been kind of a, a little bit of a buzz on, on Facebook about people, Kind of getting tired of of hearing the cheer, the chipperness from life coaches because it's right. you know it's all sunshine and lollipops but i, I just as I, I don't think the human experience is all sunshine and lollipops for you know the vast 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 majority of us
2: um, yeah we've, we've all got real stuff going on and that's basically like my tagline it's not an actual tagline but it's basically what it is like i'm a human being expressing the challenges of being a human being. And it's not, it's actually very little sunshine and rainbows, but yeah. it's, you know, it's about balance, right? And really anything in life is about balance, I find. And if we're just trying to push too much in one direction, for me, if I push too much in a positive direction, that leads to mania. And that means leads to ignoring all of my issues. And really it's uh, there's an episode I had recently with a uh, um, naturopathic doctor that talked all about uh, how sometimes people with bipolar disorder or any kind of mental extreme kind of mental personality sort of thing. Um, th- it's almost like thinking of them as like the X-Men. It's like, we're not different from the human experience. We might have things that are accentuated or sensitive compared to the, the, the regular person, the average person. But essentially, we are, um, we're, we just, our tuning fork is a little bit stronger or weaker in certain cases. So for me to be able to experience uh, hypomania and, and seeing almost like the, 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 the fallacy of like too much positivity in my life is like, it, it's, it's easy for me to see that extreme and then express that to others.
0: Cool. Sorry, my daughter just walked in here and handed That's... me a b- small blue jewel.
2: Ooh,
0: oh, I've got, I've got to watch over it. <laughs> good, good luck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, I don't, I think too, sometimes that, that the, the coming off as of sunshine and lollipops all the time. It, it discounts um, the realness of, of the other side of that, you know? Right. And, and I think that there's, it, it makes us feel bad because we right. feel bad you know, and, and I think that that's, that's a, that's something that really needs to be addressed. And I think, I, I, I hope that our community, you know, the, the social media community in particular kind of polices some of that, you know, and, and I hope that people do get a little bit more real and get a little bit more honest about, about the struggles because we're not all out there making seven figures and just living the high life and, you know, up on cool cars and
2: well, can we pause for a second? Someone's banging at my door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. That never happens. (laughs) But Molly Uh, ordered a new iPhone and uh, the UPS guy was like, bam, bam, drop (laughs) and ran away.
0: Right. Yeah. God, we used to have the worst problems with mail in North Carolina. They just would, they would just shove it in the mailbox. Sometimes they threw
2: it down in the ditch. It was right. Yeah. Luckily he brought it inside. Usually they leave it out front or something. So that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we can resume whenever.
0: Cool. So, i uh, yeah, yeah, we we're just rambling, I think at that point, so we'll yeah, just... I mean,
2: I, I kind of have a final thought on on what we were talking about essentially yeah. it was um uh so whenever you hit record, let me know
0: it's it's um, still recording I'll just okay, cool, Chop it
2: um yeah, I mean so so kind of like the other side of that is people are learning how to be real, essentially, right, like we don't know how to strip some of those biases we've had in life from uh, f- and translate those things into you know, being a marketing persona or being a brand persona, as we talk about quite a bit. Um, And the challenge is learning how to be yourself, but still sometimes that comes off as like, you know, I I see a lot of people posting and, you know, you can probably comment on this is I see a lot of people posting about like, if you're offended by me get out of here, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's sort of like the low hanging fruit of like trying to be real. And, you know, setting personal boundaries that kind of transitions into like some of the punk rock mentality that I bring into life is just being that just, just practice being something and not having to say it or express it or, or be combative about it. You just are. And and, you know, that's hard. It's hard to teach. It's hard to be, uh, but it takes time and practice.
0: Yeah, it really does. And I mean, it's about being unapologetic. It's not about being a jackass. It's not about being offensive. It's, it's about just doing what you do and and not having to make excuses or apologies or explanations of. Um, And, you know, I I think we all have a tendency to sometimes kind of delve into the explaining why we do what we do. Um, And I'm not real sure that's all that necessary. Most of the time, I'm not sure that that's that necessary.
2: Um, Yeah, it really isn't.
0: I think that if we just all did what we did, we wouldn't have to talk so much about doing what we do and being authentic and
2: being real. I um, just, it's, it's
0: pretty, it's a very easy thing, but it's a very, very difficult
2: thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of nuance to that conversation that we could probably go on to for forever, but I know you have some questions to ask. So
0: yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and actually I've been very excited about uh, asking these questions to you. Uh, two of the questions I kind of asked everybody, the other three are kind of free form. Okay. Um, but yeah i've been because I know your background I know your I know a bit of your story and um excited about these first two so here we go uh question one what
2: is punk what is punk uh kind of an expression of what I was just talking about is like kind of just just being individual it's punk to me is individualism to the utmost extreme, and sometimes that looks like aeropastel. <laughs> it's really kind of interesting because uh the the story I always tell is that I was helping a um a hardcore punk band once. I was playing bass for them for a little bit and they essentially called me one day and they were they just basically kicked me out or they didn't accept me as a full-time band member because they were like I was not hardcore punk enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like what does that mean? (laughs) I'm not a representation of like the hardcore genre and I get that, but I sure as hell am punk rock enough (laughs) in terms of the grand scope of life. You know, I, I've always been fighting against the grain. And I think that is a large part of what being punk rock is and being punk is, Is just, it started with a movement, Uh, being sick of the same old, same old, sick of the establishment, sick of, you know, anarchy and (laughs) like all of that stuff. But uh, again, it sort of transitioned into like a movement and when you transition into a movement it, it then evolves into a genre and then a genre can be emulated and, and and all of that stuff. So embodying something versus, you know, pretending to be something is kind of the difference I think between punk. Even the punk genre went through all of that stuff and still has that issue where a lot of people are just like, oh, you don't listen to this music, you're not punk rock. You know, like that's, that's the kind of like, "Mm," sort of elitist mentality that people eventually get to. And for me, it's simply about being, you know, you just, you just are, you are who you are unapologetically, like you were saying, and just are continuing to throw yourself out there. And for me, that is, that is punk. Like, doesn't matter what I look like. Doesn't matter what I listen to. Doesn't matter how much I do this in emoji form. Like, it's just, it's just, we're, dude we're well,
0: not getting into emojis are we yeah we're not,
2: we're not gonna go into that I'm, I'm a little tired of talking about emojis <laughs> so no, that's, yeah, that's, that's
0: great and, no, i I totally get it and and what's so strange and, and so difficult to explain about punk sometimes is that you know in its ideal form you would have if you had a punk gathering you would have right. people from wearing suits and ties you'd have people wearing you know combat boots and and safety pins and you know leather bristle studs and acne Um, but it's it becomes a it becomes a fashion it becomes a scene it becomes self-aware and and then all of a sudden you do you you see even in in the the punkest of circles you still see that very human thing of of migrating to like you know and and not really accepting you know the dude that didn't have the right type of shoes or the dude that you know was wearing a, a button-up shirt, um, and and it's it's strange. It, the punk mentality should be all inclusive. It should be, you know, just just show up, just and like you said, just be. Um, right. But it's not. It's you know, and it's unfortunate, I think. Um, yeah,
2: and I, I think there's an aspect of it too that is like a little bit aggressive, but also forward-moving, mm-hmm. and there are elements of like hustle in there too. But not like the cliche sort of like dude in front of the the Lambo kind of hustle, but like actually like bootstrap kind of like nose to the grindstone, like getting it done no matter what kind yeah. of hustle.
0: DIY. Everything right. was DIY.
2: Right. Know? Yeah. Like the whole, you know, basically a lot of what Gen X in general encompassed, or at least the kind of cliche perspective on Gen X, you know, kind of damn the man, I'm going to make whatever I need to. I'm going to make my own life. I'm going to do my own thing. It's, it's just a very kind of, um, solo venture. I was going to say isolating, but very solo. It's like, you're not, not dependent on others as much. You're just doing your own thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes to, to our detriment, I think that we, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, again, I think, like you said, if we could just all be um, right. and, and be there for each other and support each other and let everybody else be, um, it would be a punk utopia.
2: Right. It's like a, it's like a group of individuals versus like a, a, a genre group in a way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the team without a superstar.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's a fucking superstar. Sorry. Absolutely. for the I don't know if that's okay on your show.
0: That's quite all right. We, I've already been marked as explicit on iTunes. So
2: Perfect. What
0: am I going to do? All right. All right. Question number two. And, and I think we've already covered this one. Um, you know, what, do you use punk in your business?
2: Yeah, it's, it's an expression of just kind of zigging when everyone else zags a little bit. You know, you kind of just uh, I have. So there was this one time in a business that I used to work for where uh, we were starting to work with international clients for the first time. We were working with China to do um, the, just these social media graphics. And the the girl that was in charge of it, she was Chinese, and she had a bit of the culture. She was from there and all of that stuff. And I, have n- I had no context for anything that was going on there. And essentially, I um, had to ask her to like, tell me a little bit about what is going on with you know trends in China in terms of design and like what can we do. And all she would tell me is to just, I don't know, we just want to do something different. I'm like, I can't do anything different if I don't know what currently is. So it's what my brand typically represents is an expression of what currently is and then trying to take it to the next thing. Uh, the next thing with my DNA within it. So it's sort of visual look, it's sort of owning my individualism, my personality, which is the whole C note thing, and owning like the, the punk rock mentality, video games, sci-fi, all of the stuff that I love and bringing it into this unified sort of look and feel and the words that I use, the posts that I post, And just being that, again, um, and and kind of, you know, this is probably going to be a continued theme is just simply being and embodying and through being and embodying, you can then project accurately, you know, what you want to, to, to show the world, which to me is like that I am punk rock. I don't look it you know, I just am. This is me. I love nerd stuff. I love purple. I love Mega Man. I love cursing. I love just pushing buttons. And I love taking ideas that people think that they're so solid and foundation, like foundationally solid on and just breaking it wide open and just questioning everything all the time. I've been that way since I was six years old. Like I've never been in any kind of established religion. Um, my parents have always pushed against me with things. I've always been questioning things. I've had fights with my dad over it. You know, if you've never had a fist fight with your dad, you're not punk rock. <laughs> That's funny. I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, like stuff like that, like I, all of that stuff, all of my entire life is embodied in the brand. And for me, it just kind of comes out that way. And, and I think a part of it, too, is that I'm a little bit messy. I'm organized, but messy. Like I'm free form. Like I'm, I've got a uh, uh, consistency with a lot of things, but I'm not afraid to break the mold, try different things, experiment. And I think bringing punk into a brand and into my brand is really just allowing yourself to just test and poke and try things and, and really just, you know, be willing to change and adapt and also be being willing to, to hear people and listen and not necessarily being antagonistic, but, being a forward motion kind of person.
0: Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned that my, I, in my brand, or at least what I try to, to really show in my brand is a lot the same. I mean, right. um, and, and I think you've seen that and it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's, I like instilling doubt mm-hmm. uh, over, over norms, over cliches. Right. Um, and, and that's, it's not that that's what I use as a marketing ploy. That's just who I am. That's, you know, I like to see the underbelly of things. I like to examine the far out parts of things and, you know, the the bits and pieces that people don't readily see. Um, and, and that's, I think that that kind of also ties back to the whole brain thing. Um, and, and the mental, the mental stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. you, um, I think that a lot of the punk rock mentality is, is a, a, a willingness and a, and a desire to inspect ideas and not just take things at face value. Right. Um, and and I, I love that about your stuff and I love that about my stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I really appreciate that when I see it, when people take an idea, even if it's just a regular current common idea and then they kind of blow it up to, um, to the absurd. Because sometimes the absurd is the truth in, in the whole thing. Um, yeah.
2: And, and sometimes we challenge each other too. And I think that's what strengthens our bonds. People who have seen us on Facebook, you know, we're always kind of bantering back and forth, but not to any crazy extent. We're just kind of playing with each other and like having a good time. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's what I feel strengthens bonds for me is like being willing to like unapologetically be yourself like we've talked about um, and, and really have no fear of hurting the other person because I don't feel like I'm, you know, with most of the things that I say, even if something were to upset you, I would take that into account and I would make a minor adjustment. But at the same time, I'm going to say what I need to say in order to help you kind of move forward or to say what I need to say, uh, you know, dependent on the context and the situation, of course.
0: Yeah. And and then (laughs) then again, sometimes there's just busting balls. And sometimes you just got to bust a ball or two.
2: Right. And, you know, like finding the right clients or finding people you want to work with, or even people that like, you know, I I almost treat James as like a partner or coworker in terms of like, you know, business partner, because I I would whitelist all of his services left and right, even though there's a ton of overlap with the things that we do. Like, you know, James and I are, are, we're kind of like community over competition. And, uh, you know, I think with what you're saying about the punk rock perspective, also, it's, it's kind of that it's like, it needs to be more community over competition, as opposed to just like, you know, assuming that because we're in the same market, or we're in the same kind of, you know, branding niche and whatever that we, you know, we should be at odds all the time. Sometimes we are, but it's fun. (laughs) I mean,
0: ultimately, what I really want is for everybody in the world to just be able to hang out and listen to records and drink coffee together. Yep. You know, sounds great. Pretty simple stuff. Yep. Simple stuff. All right. Next question. Um, And this one um, is especially for you. What is your favorite thing about podcasts?
2: My favorite thing about podcasts? uh, I think it is the, I I think it is the fact generally, and that this is a little bit abstract, but it's, it's kind of the fact that like radio started many, 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 many moons ago at this point. And it's just kind of coming full circle. Like, like the human experience will eventually, the market will eventually decide what it wants. And human, the human experience will eventually decide what the market wants. And what I mean by that is that audio is easy to access. It's easy to listen to while you're doing other things. And it brings us a little bit closer than text does on screen, whether it's blogging or even seeing a person in video. There's just still kind of a disconnect, but something about having a person in your ears or some comedy or something going on and you're taking it with you, you feel like you're a part of the experience. And I think if people had headphones a lot sooner in life and uh, greater access to more records and didn't have to carry like, giant cassette tapes and and CD, uh, CD cases, which I brought around everywhere, um, you know, we would have been consuming and creating our own audio as individuals uh, a lot sooner. Um, so I'd say that is like my favorite and just to kind of like shoehorn or second favorite is the fact that anyone can do it. Like anyone can do it in their own way there are just so many individual niches There's so many unique types of podcasts that are out there like somebody will take a podcast that they'll they'll basically say like you know they'll start a podcast called like the blue the gold bloom podcast and they'll just start talking they'll watch every single jeff goldblum movie and talk about it for every episode like you can you can drill down into like fun in particular niches. You could talk about punk rock. You can talk about mental health. You can talk about so many different things. And it's just this expansive opportunity for creative expression that anyone has access to. You don't have to worry about how you look. You don't have to worry about um, visual presentation too much. You, I mean, you have like a a logo or whatever, cover art, but that's really not that big of a deal to worry. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Anchor just released a cover art maker. So like, you don't have to worry about that. There's even, there's even fewer barriers and Anchor continues to make fewer barriers. So generally, like, it's, it's those two things. It's this idea that like, audio is the past, present and future. And also that anyone can do it.
0: Yeah, it is, I mean, I can do it. I mean, if if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, Yeah. and I think a a lot of people get kind of hung up on audience size. They feel like, well, you know, I've only got 12 people listening. Right. So watch, you've got 12 (laughs) people listening. That's pretty fucking cool. I mean, and like you said, it can be about any inane subject. Anything you want, anything you can think of, um, you can make a podcast on it. And and there's enough people out there that, that align with, See, no, there's enough people out there that align with me to give us an audience. You know, we don't have to have, you know, we're not going to be the Kardashians or, you know, or some gigantic podcast, probably. I mean, mathematically, some of us will, but most of us will, you know, have our audience and it'll be what it is. But Mm -hmm. people get hung up on this thing of, well, I'm not reaching millions of people, so I'm not, who cares? Right.
2: I mean, you can can, touch
0: 12 lives. You can touch right. Lives. That's that's cool.
2: That's a real big deal, you know. And, and it, it takes it takes the willingness, it takes a bit of resolve, and really understanding your and loving your process. I think it's it's any kind of content creation or or I might even, I'm so getting I'm getting tired of the word content. Oh um, god! <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's creating anything. You know, it, it's what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for notoriety, or are you doing it because you love it? And typically, if you do it because you love it, and less about money or notoriety like you're going to have a greater opportunity to reach more people because you're being yourself you're projecting it out there and um you know i i think i think we're still dealing with a lot of and the reason there's a lot of coaches uh, hit the desk (laughs) there's there's a lot of coaches these days is we're just kind of doing this this media transition from like old world where like there's a there's an old white guy keeping you between you and becoming famous or becoming famous to someone and feeling like you as, as an individual are relevant and important and uh, creative or talented or skilled enough to create something that anyone can like. So it's, it's, there's this sort of like transition going on. And I think more and more people would, would benefit from being willing to throw themselves out there so that they can just get one fan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and have fun with it. Right. Yeah. And that, that's what I think a lot of people kind of miss out on and they try to go for these subjects that they're not really interested in or things that they're not, you know, really invested in and they don't have fun doing it and it shows, right. um, you know, God, if you just have fun doing it, you attract an audience because people like fun. I mean, people, right. people like to be around people that are passionate about what they're doing and that are having fun at what they're doing. Um, yeah.
2: I mean, and, you know, stuff that you, you know about or experience, you know, being willing to even say you don't know about something or to pick a topic that you happen to, like so many people know so much useless trivia. Start a podcast about all that useless trivia that you love. Someone collects you know, pop vinyls or something, you know, like start a podcast about your collection and like talk about your experience. Uh, Gary Vee just put out a show about called trash talk on YouTube, which is him going garage sailing. Like <laughs> that's such a good example of like a, like even that's a YouTube show, but you can totally do that in audio form. You could do so many things in audio. And I just love that. It's just this creative, even Frontier, even though there's so many people doing it, there's just so many opportunities and it's amazing. Yeah.
0: I, had, I had the idea of doing a, a podcast strictly of dramatic readings of children's books, <laughs> <laughs> get really dramatic music and you know, right. really set the tone. And, and if, you, if you
2: want a voice actor for that, I'm in.
0: Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Good night.
2: Oh, jumped over the moon! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be great
0: as, as separate as different uh, Marvel characters, right? <laughs> All right, next question: um, yes, Who yes, is yes. your least favorite influencer?
2: Oh man, you know what's funny? I don't follow that many because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my least favorite—I mean, I'd say like the the Pauls, Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Yeah. I think they are complete douchewads. I think um, I think they are an exemplification of dudes that are chasing the high of the notoriety and the likes and the money. Um, uh, Logan Paul did a recent interview on uh, Casey Neistat's vlog, and I think Casey Neistat did a really good job of kind of grilling him and asking him tough questions. And Logan Paul was playing a lot of PR and he still, you can tell he just has a lot of protective layers. He wants to keep this train going, but not necessarily taking personal responsibility. And I think, especially for men out there these days, like there needs to be an expression of accountability for anything that you do in life, if, for the way that you project yourself, present yourself, your path in life, things that you're doing. And it was the, the interview I'm referring to is, It was an interview about that like that that suicide video that he put out where he came across that body in japan and at any point in that interview he basically did not like express any kind of remorse it doesn't have to be a specific apology but just this idea of like okay that sort of thing won't happen again i didn't see that from him he's still trying to find the next extreme thing and trying to chase all of the views and likes. And I think that is a terrible expression for any kids out there, especially because people under 20 are what's watching him. And it's, a, it's just a terrible message of do whatever it takes to get the likes. And that sucks. That's going to lead people down a lot of negative rabbit holes. There are going to be a lot of self-worth issues and uh, ultimately lead to some bad things. And I, I just, I don't believe in that guy at all. It's frustrating. yeah, I agree. I mean, do you
0: think too though that um, that the media is kind of to blame for you know or the, the ubiquity of access to the media mm-hmm. is to blame for people like that? Um, I, I personally think that people like that um, that that will do anything for for notice mm-hmm. um, have always existed. Um, yes. Well, well before social media. Right. Um, I just, I think that social media has given them way too many platforms now, um, to display that kind of behavior. I mean, I, I remember guys like that in high school, you know, and this was in right. the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people like that, you know, they, they controlled the spin. Um, you know, they were, they were the greatest guy ever, but if they ever did anything wrong, it was always somebody else's fault. Right. Um, or they just completely deflected and it it never, never stuck to them. Um, And I I do, I have, I have more of a problem with the the media allowing and glorifying that kind of stuff. than I, than I even do with those people themselves because those people themselves are just who they are.
2: Yeah. I mean, Google took a big hit, um, you know, I don't even want to say morality wise, but from its audience, a lot of people have this, you know, similar perspectives to you, like, why was that even allowed to be put up? Why is this not being reviewed? Um, and, you know, right, Google- but, but then they, then they ban
0: cannabis channels, you know, right,
2: right. And not, I, not I, that I'm not I'm,
0: a big cannabis fan or ch- canna- cannabis fan channel right. fan. But there's this right. <laughs> why I mean, why is that? Why is that kind of stuff allowed? And some of the other I mean, you know, it, it might be stupid, but right. why, you know, why ban that?
2: I mean, right. It's really frustrating. Right. And it, it gets difficult as someone starts to collect notoriety because someone like Logan Paul is important to the YouTube community in terms of the uh, amount of traffic that is being brought to the channel. But I think also as more channels be able are, are able to exist, more variety of things like no longer does any form of media hang its hat on any single entity right it's not a you don't see one baseball star rising above the others as someone that is carrying the entire industry or the same thing for youtubers and the same thing for you know other influencers on other platforms there are a variety of level of of influencers all over so i think the challenge is on the platform holders of course to make sure that they are enforcing for their own security, meaning that if they are continuing to allow any kind of death or expression of death, not expression of death, but like a physical representation of death in terms of actually seeing a dead body or some things that could be a little bit more unanimously decided as uh, bad things that should not be shown, you know, nudity and stuff like that or something. Um, You know, it is in in the best interest of Google to like, you know, not get shut down, not have YouTube be shut down because of that. But, you know, it becomes a challenge. There's so many nuanced issues of the conversation, like who is to decide what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate, right? Um, Someone, obviously, millions of people watch that video, and a lot of kids, obviously, who are not um, quite mature enough, I should say, to find that as like a not funny thing, probably found that entertaining. And like that becomes a challenge again, like who decides what is entertaining, what's correct, what is allowed, what is not allowed. Like a lot of people have issues with cannabis, uh, even though logically it doesn't make sense to have issues with cannabis, uh, you know? So it's just, there's just so many um, frustrating, you know, questions that keep people from taking any kind of long-term action. You know, it's almost like a big thing needs to happen before we're like, okay, Let's cut this off. And that's kind of like an expression of human history, right? Like, like we don't make rules until someone like gets hurt from something, right? Like we probably didn't think about seatbelts until someone died and we're like, oh shit, we should probably make people safe. (laughs) And then you put in the laws and stuff like that. It just becomes really, um, it it becomes tricky. Do you, do you think,
0: you know, just the online world in general is, is beyond the point of being self-policing? Um, and that that wasn't question five. That was just
2: right. A that's a 14. yeah. That's a that's irrelevant to this. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, self policing. No, I don't think any human being, any any uh, any um, large swath of human behavior can be self policed. I just don't trust humanity enough. Everybody is at different stages of development. Um, we have different upbringings, we have different things going on, we have different levels of acceptance for different things, you know, like you see it in social issues all the time, you know, we've got um, people kind of defending, um, you know, what other people see as blatant, obvious racism, and other people are, you know, seeing, making defenses for it, right, so there's just always going to be opposite perspectives on things, and it's going to be really difficult for people to, to police themselves because there's always going to be different perspectives. There's always going to be different opinions. So it is of the best interest of these companies like YouTube and Facebook and such to continue to protect their own identity and not necessarily, I mean, they're not in it to protect the people like, and it's, it's silly of any of us to assume that government or a company or any large entity is in it for us. They're trying to make money. But there's no reason to be um, cynical, cynical about that either. It's like, this is just what is. Uh, it's like it's like trying to build a personal brand, but also complaining about capitalism. <laughs> it's like that's, those two things don't really line up. And uh, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like accepting, I don't want to say accepting reality because that's like putting up the white flag. It's not necessarily that either. We need to be speaking out as people. But at the same time, like these companies are going to do what's in their best interest to gain a profit and gain people's attention. And I think people as a whole are not capable of self-policing because we don't want to be, we want to do whatever we want. That's why, that's like what America is all about, you know, like freedom. Yeah. And freedom uh, prize.
0: See, <laughs> I, my only problem with that though is, you know, if we can't be self-policing, then we're allowing some other self to police us, you know, and, and, what, you know, they're, that's human. the ideal. I mean, they're human too. So, you know, it human beings are still policed by human beings. Um, right. and, and as such, you know, those human beings that are policing us are, they're imperfect. They're going mm-hmm. to, they're going to have ideals that are different than ours. And that's just what it is. And if you can't accept it, then you're kind of in trouble. Um, you know, and, and, and until, like you said, I think something massive happens. Um, I don't think there's a way to change it. I don't think there's a way to get out of it. Um, and unfortunately yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it's, you know, something massive happening is, you know, an asteroid hitting the earth uh, right. or something <laughs> like that. I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't see that, that we're ready to break out of the shackles of what we've built until something really big does happen. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's the challenge of humanity. You know, some people are going to take the reins and take control and police other people that they oh, need. Less important.
0: There, there, I think there are some under the RV.
2: Okay, thank you.
0: Sorry about that. It's my daughter. That's, right. That's life. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, she came in. She's looking for bungee cords.
2: Um, Perfect. So. But, I, you know, it's like, uh, it's just kind of the, I don't ever want to accept things for the way they are per se, but human beings are naturally hierarchical, we're naturally social. And that comes with ego as well. And the perception that some people are better than others based on arbitrary things that we've agreed upon that are important than compared to others. Uh, And and it becomes becomes an incredible challenge in the long-term to separate from that. Because the, the ideal, again, is like that punk rock mentality of like everybody being, you know, uh, mature, rad individuals doing your own thing, like having your own your own stuff, like not impinging on other people's shit, and just you know, uh, uh, f- free thinking, you know, whatever whatever you want it to be. But you know, everybody's got different visions of what that ideal is, though, too. So it becomes a challenge. It's yeah. an absolute challenge.
0: Well, I mean, it's like we were saying earlier. It's just it's all just be, right? If we right. could all just be but the truth is we can't all just be i mean there's just yeah. there's, and not in this current paradigm there's just no way to just be
2: you know it takes a it takes big events for individuals to change often it takes big events for society to change too i think i think society as a whole is typically an expression of you know a, a massing of individuals and i think what is indicative of the singular human experience typically translates pretty well to the mass human experience. A lot of us experience uh, uh, elitism and downturns and hierarchical expressions of ourself compared to others. And the countries do that same thing. Countries apologize, individuals apologize. There's just so many things. I think of like Elon Musk gives a lot of talks about how it's you know incredibly obvious that we should not be using fossil fuels anymore. And I think most people would agree that that's not a thing we should be, like to put carbon in the atmosphere doesn't make sense anymore um but it's likely not going to take you know it's likely not going to uh, uh create any kind of mass movement or quick movement into a new era like the industrial age or anything like that um until a big sort of invention or movement happens tesla is trying to be that but um but in terms of like you know, carbon emissions and stuff like that. Something's got to get really bad before we're like, oh, crap, we got to fix this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a nuclear war. Yay! Hey.
0: <laughs> hooray, hooray. Yes, I, I'm, like I said earlier, you know, I'm all sunshine and molecules. It's,
2: yeah. No. I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll be to that extreme, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know uh, anything.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I, I do think that people feel that there is an awakening coming. I think that people feel that there's, that we're shuttling towards some sort of end point, you know, right. not, not a, not necess- not an end point, but a, a, an, an end point into this current way of thinking. And, and I hope so. I really do hope that we're, you know, that we're all in for a massive awakening and that, that things, that things work out yeah. well, but I mean, yeah, historically, that's not how things change. You know? I mean,
2: you know, societies move forward together. They do, they have in the past. And I think you would be really interested to look into uh, the Graves model, like grave as in dig a grave. Uh, Claire, uh, Claire Graves came up with this hierarchical, not really a hierarchical, but it is it is like a like a vertical model of personal development that people move into different stages of life depending on where they're at. Um, it's a bit too complex to get into here, but I think you as an individual and those of you listening, um, I'm probably going to do a podcast episode on it soon. But um, I think it's really interesting. In terms of what you're talking about, essentially like people getting to a certain level kind of unanimously and like what that all looks like. And I think the Graves model is probably the closest to a, um, a written representation of that ascension as a, as a populace, as it were. Cool.
0: Cool. i so, to check into that one. So, yes, yeah. the Graves model. Everybody check that one out. You look into it. All right. Are you ready for the, the f- fifth and final question? Always. All right. This is the worst one. Yes um hard shell or soft shell tacos
2: oh man that is a hard question i th- i'm i'm I'm, a, I'm such a context person but i'm not going to be a cop-out person and i have to pick one
0: yes so you do. there and you can explain why you can yeah. explain
2: why. i'm going to say soft shell only because i think i've had a greater uh, uh positive experience with soft shell, than I've had with with hard shell tacos. Hard shell tacos, like it's very easy to to come across like a cheap brand. It doesn't work. Um, but in my experience, most soft shell tacos have gone quite well. A little bit more versatile <clears throat> in terms of the way you can fold it. You can fold the back end if there's a little bit of juices in there. You can kind of do a mini burrito situation. You know, you have to get a little bit more control over. Uh, over what's going on. I think you can pile a little bit more on, and especially if you have soft shell tacos, like a bunch of them on the plate below you and you're eating a taco above it, you, you get, get all like the dripping, tacos. Yeah. and you get bonus tacos, right? Yeah. And you can't do that as easily with hard shell tacos. So uh, I think that is my pretty strong case for soft shell tacos. Yeah, um, I,
0: I agree, I agree. See, taking to me, I think that the, the crispiness of the of the shell it, it can actually be used as a way to cheapen the ingredients. I think that right. you can get away with cheaper crap in a sh- in a hard shell taco because it's crispy and and crisp- right. you know, crispy is awesome. And I love a crispy taco. Right. But but I'm I'm with you. I think that the better tacos I've ever had in my life, and I've had some terrific tacos. Right. Most of them have been on soft corn shells or mm-hmm. the occasional flour tortilla.
2: Right. And I, and I think I think you're spot on with that the crunch of the hard taco just is what people go for, not the taco itself. It's like yeah. the crunch is first, the taco is secondary. Yeah. And I want the taco to be first. You know, the, the soft shell taco, the taste of the a good corn tortilla really is a part of the dish totally. as to a crunchy taco where you're just trying to get the satisfaction from it.
0: Yes, but I mean, at the same time i will eat the hell out of some crunchy shell tacos too so.
2: oh yeah i mean there is no i mean this is this is a an argument of preference but at the same time you put some hard shell tacos in front of me that shit is gone
0: yep doesn't um, matter doesn't yep. matter no, destroy a taco and it is tuesday so you know <laughs> it's, oh, man. it's taco tuesday
2: yep I'm gonna have to make that happen
0: yes yes i think we <laughs> we are too
2: very cool awesome. All right, well now we're, we're
0: through the questions. Let's uh, let's give the people a couple of minutes of value and then tell us where people can find you and
2: um, yeah. roll out. Yeah, so you know, a lot of what I talk about and offers are really no different than what we talk about here. You know, what we talked about on the show is like trying to help people be more of themselves. I think when I do, so I have my multimedia design, I have my Myers-Briggs training courses and I have dopamine and really what encompasses all of those things is helping people one way or another to be themselves. And I think that's a challenge. I think it's really hard for any individual to want to be themselves because we're just, you know, we don't always see the subconscious bias that's being put on top of us. Like that's why I teach all the Myers-Briggs stuff because it gives you like this, this foundation, you know, it's not a box that you can be put into. It's something that will help you kind of grow as a person to, to help you know, like, what is my subconscious preference? Why is this thing bringing me stress all the time as opposed to this thing? Why is this thing bringing me stress when other people are cool and everybody, everybody else is fine? You know, one of my examples is like, I'm an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system and my uh, lowest function is extroverted feeling. And that's like what people are using to basically fit into society. So like by Myers-Briggs standards, I'm also punk rock. <laughs> um, and,
0: I, I'm, I'm INTP myself.
2: Yeah, so like fitting into the, the lower uh, extroverted feeling means that you are not as likely to just kind of go by what people tell you. You're not going to just kind of try to do something for the sake of making people happy, but at the same time, it could be a challenge because expressing emotions can be a really difficult thing. So how do you kind of find that balance? And those are things that kind of leak out even on top of what people are experiencing in life. um, You know, with all of this bias stacked upon them, like my dad, for example, is an ESFJ. He's a complete opposite personality type of me. He's a guy that is a good, he's a really good salesman. He's a people person through and through. He wants to like have eye contact. He wants to like, you know, everything's all about happy, happy, happy people, people, people. And I'm like, go away, go away, go away. (laughs) It's always been that way. He's a good man, but it's just, it's been a challenge with the way I connect with people. So, through a lot of the uh, consulting I do, the Myers-Briggs courses. But then when I talk about like branding and stuff too, all of it is like, it's all the same. And the challenge I'm having is talking and bringing a lot of these Myers-Briggs teachings into a general discussion. I don't want to have to spend like three hours like teaching you about the basics of Myers-Briggs to be able to help you. But if it's something you're interested in, there's specifically that to work with. So uh, I kind of want to bring it all around to this summit that I'm doing with Think Creative Collective on the beginning of November, where uh, the course that I have, I'm a keynote speaker and I'm gonna be talking about Real Talk, um, Branding is More Than a Logo. And you'll see that title everywhere. But the reason I pick that title is because there's some Real Talk in here. Because if you are a person who has no idea what to do with in terms of graphic design, you don't know your personality, you don't know your brand, This whole keynote is essentially about you asking yourself the tough questions. It's not about me just telling you how to make a logo. It's about asking you about yourself. It's about asking you about who you're trying to connect with and asking yourself just what resonates with you and being honest with yourself. And do you love what you do? Do you love the process? Do you love making stuff? Do you love what, like, Are you willing to express yourself and put yourself out there? It's all of those kinds of questions. I do like do some of the, you know, we go through like color theory a little bit and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that you're sticking to your resolve. You're strengthening your resolve through, you know, your product. Because if you don't know who you are, what you're selling, knowing your thing in and out, being able to have your, your mission in line, your goals, your mission statement, your, your, like how you speak to people and all of that stuff, like having a product doesn't matter if you're not able to put any of that with it, right. To project it, to put it out there. So that's what that branding sort of keynote is all about. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly slash CNOTE (laughs) summit. All right. So where, where can
0: people find you otherwise? Where can they get the podcast? Where's uh, Um, where's, where's your main hub?
2: So uh, cnotes.media is my main hub. You'll find all of my courses on there, my prices, my links to my photography and design samples and all that stuff. And then uh, my podcast, Dopamine, my mental health and mindset podcast is at dopamine.life, D-O-P-E as in yo, that's dope, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E.life. We talk about all sorts of good stuff five days a week. Um, and there's also, you know, sometimes I have guests and speakers and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a real good time. Come join us.
0: It is a good time. It is a good time. I can vouch <laughs> for the good time.
2: Yeah. Well, this, see, it's this been a good time.
0: This has been a good time. Thank you so much for this. Um, I'll, I'll let you know when this is getting ready to roll out. Um, Sweet. And then, uh, I just really appreciate everything you do. I, I, I love seeing you around and um, I love busting a little bit of balls. So
2: yeah, it's a real good time. You know, it helps us it all grow. And this once you kind of can see that as the point of like kind of working with each other and talking to each other and not taking shit personally, like, you know, looking for the opportunities of like, Oh, he said something and that hit me like a little bit harder than usual. Like what's going on there. What's going on with me that I need to address. Right. Yep. So that's, what's really interesting about all that.
0: It is cool. It is cool. And I, I, I love seeing it. And I would like to see more of it. Really yeah. Would. Very cool. Let's, let's do it. Thank you, Mr. C Note, and uh, everybody check out his stuff and buy his shit.
2: Yeah, see you guys.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. That was C Note himself, Christian Rivera. Uh, do you be sure to go and check out his stuff. Christian's a really great guy, um, real big heart, um, and and honestly very unvarnished. And I really appreciate that about him. He he uh, will get out there and talk about the things that nobody else necessarily wants to talk about or does talk about, and I really appreciate that about him. Uh, very self-deprecating, very fun, um, and like I said, just a, a big heart. Big uh, Christian's a big, cuddly teddy bear, whether he wants to believe that or not. Uh, anyway, nice guy, really nice guy. But really appreciate you guys tuning in. This has been Episode 5. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, yet more interesting and more interesting, and more interesting, and more interesting. Um, I've actually kind of started realizing how much I say interesting, and it's, quite frankly, becoming uninteresting to say interesting. So I'm going to try to phase out the interestings, um, and I apologize for going on about those so much. But anyway, uh, if you're still listening, be sure to visit jamespmgaffney.com and buy my shit. It's really important. If you're uh, listening to this, be sure to give it the thumbs up, the love, the like, the uh, share it, tag people, be sure to tag retirees, Uh, hit it over on Facebook, Uh, throw it up on Instagram, Uh, share it on Twitter, Uh, be sure to pin it on Pinterest, Uh, don't forget to tweet about it, or uh, or not tweet, uh, what's the one where you have to go live all the time, Uh, uh, the one with the little yellow ghost, yeah, do that, and be sure to uh, uh, share it on your Facebook profile, your business profile, your, your email. Here everywhere, I don't forget to love it, like it. I'll put up stay foot
2: and dress to kill. I might even slip you something. The sun comes up and I'm all washed
1: out. Is this what Dina was talking about?